Good evening, everyone. We are continuing with Pagdalad Os Yud. We kind of started a little bit. I, truth is, I want to take a step back and set uh, set us up for learning of uh, of Os Yud. And that is to ask a fundamental question. The question is extensively dealt with by the Maral in Tiferes Yisrael, um, Perak, Tas, Yud. Um, and the, the question is, a person does a mitzvah. How does that give us a closeness to Hashem? How does it give a person shleimus? Remember, the name of the game is Dveikus, which is the flip side of of Shleimus, right? Dveikus is Shleimus, Shleimus is Dveikus, uh, and we're trying to become that um, so that we can receive Lasid uh, Lava, the ultimate Hanoa, the, the ultimate Hatava, uh, which is you know, the ultimate good, which is what Hashem kind of set out to do, right? Good. So, um, what is the person takes a lulav and shakes it? How does that happen? So, last time we spoke about the concept of, of, of a sugula. It's a it's a magic. It's a, it's a, it's a it's a unknown thing. So here we're the Ramchal is going to try to do a little bit more than that. Right? I'll open it up first a little bit. Um, and obviously, vice versa with a, with an avera, right? A person eats something not kosher. Somehow, that's going to end up being detrimental for him. So, if I say to you, a person is a, a person, let's say, is mean to someone else, right? or a person is a liar, so then uh, would you say that that makes him? He, Le, uh, less sholim than he was until now. He 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 had a little bit of a difficult time, a challenge, right? And he ended up stealing, or lying, or hurting somebody. Is he now less sholim than he was before? Anybody uh, feel feel free to answer. Yeah. Yes. Yosef says yes. He is. Anybody else? So, uh, Jeff, I see your lips moving with... Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, didn't uh, didn't click the first time. Um, yeah, the Ramchal has told us that, I think, because it's it's like the opposite of the Vegas. But why? Why is that the, uh, why is that the opposite? moving away. Because you're becoming dissimilar to Hashem. Right. Okay, or, good. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, in, in the case of trade, I don't know if it's similar or dissimilar. Well, one second. So before the trade, so, 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 let me just first speak out what you're saying. Yeah. So, uh, so Jeff is saying you're moving away from Hashem. Hashem is, as I'll tell us, that Hashem's chasima is emes. Hashem is truth, right? He signs his documents with the word emes, truth, right? So to a certain extent, that those are his initials, right? Um, so when someone who's untruthful, that's a lack of of similarity to Hashem. It's a lack of shleimus. I mean, even a person who theoretically is not a religious man, right, doesn't doesn't believe in God whatsoever. 
if, if, if you have a person who doesn't believe in God, and you put in front of him two apples, one is a whole apple, right? Perfect, beautiful, um, um, honey crisp apple, right? And another one is the same one, same type of an apple, but with a nice big bite taken out of it, right? And I ask him, which one is is more perfected? Who would, who would say the the whole apple, and who would say the one with, that's been bitten out of? This depends on what the purpose of the apple is. Whole. Well, which one is a more perfect apple? If the purpose is to be eaten. The one with the bite has fulfilled its purpose. That, that's maybe yes or maybe okay. Fine, not bite. Um, a piece of it has been rot, uh, rotted away. Oh, okay. Okay, right, fine. Then perfect. Okay, so. I mean, everybody can understand when the perfection and the, and the deficiency are innate to the creature itself, right? Every creature can exist in a state of perfected, perfected state, or a lacking state, right? And the and, and the lacking state, the broken state, the detrimental state, is clearly less sholem, undesirable, and the more perfected from from itself, right? So just like an apple can be full, nice, round, its skin all intact, all over, right? Uh, there's no breakages in its skin, it's firm, right? Th- th- those are all um, characteristics that speak to shleimus. So to a person, a person who is a, just like a person could be physically a cripple, right? A person can also be emotionally crippled. He's, he's incapable of maintaining healthy relationships or, or whatever it may, may be. And that would all be those would all be chisronos, right? And everybody would agree to that. But then a person says, listen, I'm a very, very healthy person, I'm very nice, everything, but I, I, but, but I eat not kosher food. So in what way does that, h- how does that make it that I'm less shulling than the people who eat kosher food? Yeah? And it's not, it's, not, it's not a simple answer. It's, it's a... It's a very, uh, it's important, very important question that, that many people have asked over the ages. Um, so, how do mitzvahs, how do physical mitzvahs, make a person more complete, and how do averos make a person more lacking? Spiritually numb. Why? Why? Why does that happen? Right. What's the, what, what are the, like, the mechanics? The, what's the mechanics? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What's the mechanics of it? So that's what, that's what the Ramchal is going to address right now. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, so he's told us that there's this concept of mitzvahs out there, right? Um, and uh, and Averos, and these bring you closer to Hashem, these bring you farther, but, but now we want to kind of get into some of the mechanics of how is that? Mm-hmm. Okay? How does it make a person be more complete or less complete? Okay. So, so, that, so in Os Yud, then, the Ramchal says that... Really, everything in this world it depends on, as we've spoken about before, completion of man depends on the amount of divine revelation he has in his life. The more the divine revelation, the more perfected he is. The less the divine revelation, the more lacking he is. Yeah? Now, so a person would say, okay, but listen, it's, it's not... 
It's not up to me how much divine revelation there is in my life. Hashem chooses to reveal himself more or less. You know, I'm kind of powerless in that regard. So the answer is no. It says the Ramchal, Hashem is always in a full state of radiating, of, of being revealed, etc. The, all the blockages are from the perspective of the recipient. Now, that's not to say that it's all your fault, Ezra. Right? That you are not like your namesake, Ezra Hasofer, the last of the prophets, right? This is, it's not your fault, right? Um, there, there is many factors that go into the recipient's inability to receive the really, really high levels of divine light. Um, some of them might be beyond our control, right? but unless they are from our side. So you, an analogy could be the, Hashem is like the sun radiating, right? And then how come sometimes... Does anybody, does anybody see the sun right now? Is it a, is it a, is it a nice sunny day outside? No? There's no sun? If I went outside right now, I wouldn't see the sun? No? The sun is there, but it's not... We're not capable of seeing it based on where we're at right now. So first of all, we're facing in the wrong direction. So that, that you know, that's kind of a... A pretty big challenge, right? Is that we have to look into the ground. We've got the earth in our way because it's currently nighttime. But even if it was daytime, right, and we we're facing that direction, our Baruch, what do we have up above our heads currently? By yeah. uh, lip reading, I'm assuming you said a snowstorm. Yeah, is that what you said? Okay, see, I, I also know how to lip read. Okay. So there's a snowstorm up there, which means there are there are clouds and there is um, you know snow I don't know systems etc. up in the atmosphere of the Earth, right? But but the sun is still shining the same way that it's always shining, right? It's just the atmosphere that you know the the, the clouds etc. etc. Okay. So too, from our perspective. And that's what I mean by it's not always your fault. I mean, sometimes you can say, listen, it's actually a really sunny day. Just, please, just if you fold up your sun umbrella, you'll see that it's actually a very nice sunny day. You're just holding an umbrella. That's one option. But sometimes you say, no, look, I took away the umbrella. I, I'm outside. I don't have anything above my head. And this is, you're right. But there's clouds up there, right? So that's beyond Ezra's control. That's why he's not currently a prophet like Ezra Sulfur, right? So we're currently in a state of the, there's a mechitza shel barzel, there's a iron uh, wall between us and Avinu Sheva Shemaim says the Gemara Brachos ever since the Korban Beis Hamikdash. Um, so, yeah, so there's a, the blockage, but the blockage is from our from our side. Hashem is always radiating, uh, revealing Himself in the same way. Okay. So then it comes out that Hashem is basically. Um, the, the, all the variance, all the um, ups and downs of how much ponim, how much divine revelation we have in our lives, is going to be from the perspective of the makabel. Now, now, the perspective of makabel, like we in our analogy, can be an umbrella that you're holding up above your head. It could be that you're inside of a building, or it, you know, it could be that you're in the shadow of a, of a skyscraper. Or it could be that, no, that there's really high weather systems way, way, way above your head, totally beyond your control, 
But nonetheless, whatever it may be, the sun is still shining the same way. It's not the, the point here is to say that the shining of the sun never diminishes or or increases. Okay. Um, so too over here. So, sorry, can, can we contrast this to what it means that Kaddish Baruch Hu is mitzamsim himself at the at the outset of creation? That, that's as far as, the, so to speak, the determining of how much radiance there's going to be. Okay, now that's now that's kind of set in place. Yeah. So there was a diminishing, but that remains constant now that it's been set in place, and now we are either setting. And up then, and then there is then all the other that all the other filters and screens are after that. Okay, so therefore, says, says the Ramchal, that being that that is the situation and, and the um, person achieving greater level of shleimus means the removing some of those obstacles, receiving a greater revelation, receiving a greater divine light, and therefore reaching higher levels of shleimus, right, is all, if we can manage to change something down here, now down here can be, pretty high, starting from fairly high up as far as we're concerned. It could be a thousand miles in the air, but still down here as opposed to at the source. We're not talking about turning up or down the energy in the source. We're talking about removing some obstacles. Okay, And therefore, the mitzvahs, what mitzvahs do is they, th- that's why if I do something, right? again, we're not going to get into the segul of exactly how, when I shake a lulav, I open up certain channels or certain, you know, remove certain blockages or, or whatever it may be to receive some of that greater revelation of the, of the divine, right? We're not going to go into how that is. That's what he told us before. All, all things in the world have a certain nature, just like they have physical nature, physical characteristics. They also have spiritual nature and spiritual characteristics. And therefore, shaking a lulav or wearing tefillin or... or you know, eating matzah and pesach or whatever it is, um, can bring can bring a person closer. But but his point is that if we were looking at the system of, listen, it's up to it's up to Hashem how much revelation we receive. The mitzvahs wouldn't do anything, right? But being that Hashem is always in the state of giving, He's always in the state of of of, of revealing Himself, and it's all from our perspective of how much revelation can we handle, how much revelation can we take in, how much revelation can we grasp? So then, yes, holding up an antenna and shaking it when you're inside of a special booth, which is designed to to attract some of those, some of that, some of that uh, radiation, right? That'll that'll get you a beer flow, okay? And so, and also, you know, uh, it's possible to block oneself off, just like it's possible to open up an umbrella and block out the sunlight. It's also possible to eat non-kosher food, right? Um, which which will which will block a person off, will cause a tumtumalev, etc. Block a person off and cause a person to not receive as much harispanim. So this is, this is what we're trying to answer. What's the connection between mitzvahs and shleimus? And Averos and detriment, 
And the answer is because mitzvahs bring a person, uh, remove some of those blockages, bring a person closer to that source of light, and uh, and therefore he is, uh, he becomes more sholim, they do the opposite. And so it comes out for us that it's not the mitzvah itself, and this is the, a very important point, it's not the mitzvah itself, not the mitzvah, and not the Talmud Torah itself that gives us our shlemus. But rather, it's the fact that they act as a conduit to bring in more divine revelation to my life. Okay? I want to point to with the example that you brought up about the, the not kosher, not keeping kosher, and the person says, well, you know, I'm a nice person, so I'm, I feel pretty shallow, I might feel okay. So when we say spiritual blockage to them, that you're going to open up those blockages and you're going to feel more divine presence and whatnot, does that change anything in terms of what they can actually feel? Does that make them nicer? Do they ca- what, what physical piece can they tap into in that idea that you're opening up those blockages? Um... Not sure. Not sure. Sometimes, maybe yes. Maybe they can feel it. Maybe they can't feel it. Um, certainly, maybe maybe this next part that I'm going to say right now is going to help you. Yeah. Um, but uh, feeling uh, feeling is a, is a tricky. You know, how much can a person feel physically, experientially? But certainly, intellectually and emotionally, one can understand. And now I'm going to kind of take it down another notch, right? Um, take it down means deeper in, as opposed to down uh, less. Could it, be that the, could it be that there's a qualitative difference between the Torah and mitzvahs in that the Torah has some sort of divinity in and of itself? Like we say, that that itself is actually a source of light, as opposed to just the conduit? Nope. Absolutely not. You can say over here very clearly, and 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 also, also I'll prove it to you, right? The the Gemara says, why was the first base of Migdash destroyed? They did not make a Birkas Satora, which which means that they did not connect. Uh, explained that means that they did not connect to the divine light that lies beyond the Torah. Right, and so that, that's what he's going to be talking about over here explicitly as well, is that uh, also um, Uri, you, ha- you have my kuntras, right? So if you if you look if you look at my kuntras over here, you'll see I bring the language of the Maral in Tiferes Yisrael in Perik Yud, where where he talks exa- about exactly this point. You do, you're talking about let's say a person is learning about. Uh, Shor Nagasapara, right? Uh, an ox which gored a cow, and who has to pay who? Uh, these types of discussions. And seemingly, you couldn't possibly be more mundane than that. That is not, there's nothing divine about it. You're not even mentioning the word God. You're talking about an ox, and you're talking about a cow, and you're talking about payments, right? And yet, and yet, we're talking, we're, we're saying that there's going to be a tremendous shlemus that a person is going to receive from that. So Ramchal over here is telling us in his language that it's going to be from the increased Ha'oras Ponim, from the increased divine radiance that the person is going to have when he learns that Torah. The Maral in his language has the same thing. We'll say in his language, I think it explains things a little bit more to us, which is 
yes, we're, lear- we're learning about the cows, we're learning about damages, etc. But at the b- rock bottom, at the deep, deep, deep question, what are you really learning? What, you, what you're learning is the Ratz Hashem. You're, you're learning what it is that the king decreed. And therefore, the, you're really learning about the king himself. Because the king's will is an, expre- is an expression of the king. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah? And so, so you're connecting to the king. You're connecting to the one who made the decree. Yeah? So if, you read, if you read the Torah, and let's say you, you just read, you're scanning the words, you have no idea what you're saying. There's some value in that, meaning inherent. Hold on a second. Hold on. If, so we said said last week, uh, that if you are learning the Torah, you're reading the Torah, even if you don't know what the words mean, but you're reading the words of the Torah, so uh, with all the conditions that the Ramchal told us back in Os Tess, that there are many conditions for this to take effect, right? It has to be. You can't do it in the bathroom. You can't. You can't do it with filthy hands, etc., etc. Right? You have to be aware that you're learning the divine will. Then, yes. Then, because again, then all those conditions make it that the Torah is an expression of the Ratzon Hashem. But if but that exactly is the proof. If if the Torah would be itself that, then even if you were reading it like a newspaper. Without making a birkas Torah, without realizing that you're learning the will of the divine will as it pertains to a cow and a, and a bull, but rather you're learning about the bull and the cow, you're learning about who should pay who, then uh, that, then it would lose that, and that's that's what he said that it would be it would be literally it would lose that entire sagula, and it would just be no different than reading a newspaper. Now the truth is that Chazal say on some level. That uh, it's machlekes mafarshim how to understand this, but halavai she osi osvu vestorasi lamdu sham orsha boy yazir lemutuf. That maybe uh, the, the learning of the Torah itself has some trace of something, but the mafarshim still explain this because a person at least is on some level aware that this is the Torah, this is divine Torah. If a person would be totally unaware that this is the will of God, then seemingly would do nothing. So, for example, a person you know is learning in uh, university as a as a you know, law course, right? And, and it's not, just because they learn some psukim, this is what how the ancient Hebrews uh, extrapolated, uh, you know, how to pay damages. That that would that wouldn't do anything. Okay, so, uh, so so again, so the so the just just to recap over here, we have the the Ramchal is telling us that all shleimus and chasvashon the opposite detriment is a matter of how much do we open ourselves up or chasvashon close ourselves off from receiving divine revelation in our lives, and that's true, and Torah. And this is both, what they are, is their vessels, their abilities to open ourselves up, to receive a much greater revelation of the divine in our lives. Um, and that, in uh, using the Maharal's terminology, which I think is useful for us, uh, because it kind of, something that we can 
when you talk about light and vessels and opening up, and these are all analogies. So, so the Maral is helping us gain a real grasp of it, which is that what you're what we're after is the closeness to Hashem. Closeness to Hashem equals completion, equals perfection, and Chas Hashem distance from Hashem is the opposite. And the only closeness there is is through the revelation of, the, of his will right if you want to know is this thing a good thing is this a bad thing good or bad is defined by is is this the will is this a divine will or not it's exeris hamelech right the, the the king decreed that this is what we do and that's what makes it good and the, he decreed that this is what we don't do, and that's what makes it bad. What, why is this good and this bad? Because when you do the will of, of, when you do the divine will, you're connected. You're connecting to the perfection. You connect. You're you're making your will, the will the same as the will of the divine. Hashem wants me to put on tefillin, and I'm putting on tefillin. So in that we have a commonality. We found a common point. I have found a common point with the divine will, and that's the most perfect you could be. The the yeah and 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 I'm fulfilling that and I'm fulfilling that will so Hashem said like this and I and I'm doing that right so that's I'm we're we're on the same page in that regard right um, and and so too with the Torah this is this is the will now the Torah as Uri pointed out the Torah is a higher level like the like the Ramchal himself said, that the most powerful vehicle Hashem gave us is the Torah. Because unlike in mitzvahs, where in mitzvahs, the divine will is kind of hidden inside. It means that the will, the divine will is that, that you should do this. So when I'm doing this, I'm connected to that divine will. But in the learning of Torah, I'm actually learning the Ratz Hashem itself. I'm actually hearing, so to speak, Hashem speak to me. Right, so there's no, there's no greater. Case. And now, what's the topic that he's talking about? Irrelevant. He could be talking about a, an axe, goring a cow. He could be talking about a pit. He could be talking about, could be talking about uh, sacrifices. He could, he could be talking about uh, holidays. He could be talking about marriage. Uh, you know, how, how a person's mekadesh somebody. It's irrelevant what he's talking about. But the point is, the when, when I'm having a conversation with you, there's we're, we're talking. But really, I'm connecting to you. I'm hearing your will. I'm, 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 I'm uh, building that relationship, and the relationship with with Hashem is the source of all perfection, like the like the Ramchal has said. Okay. So, so question, a question, um, and I think somebody asked this a few weeks ago. Is so, so it's all, it's got to be connected to the Kavana, because you have to know and and mean to be doing a mitzvah. You have to know that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay. Yep. And that's actually what he's going to say. Perfect segue. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, into Ols Yudal. Jeff peeked ahead. He and I, we kind of set this up so that he would uh, be my transition man. That's what he says in Ols Yud Aleph. He says, Nimsa, it turns out, Lefi kol ma shehigdamna, according to everything that we've said until now, shehakavona be'emes bekol ha-mitzvahs, in all the mitzvahs, and in this he's clearly including Talmud Torah, because that's what he's been discussing until now, that the w- intent that a person should have in doing all the mitzvahs, lehiskare v'lo 
That is to get close to him and to be illuminated from the radiance of the divine presence. Okay? Now, he says, of course, that there are many... Um, every mitzvah has its own sub... You know, sub sub um, category of kavanas, right? This mitzvah, specifically this point. This mitzvah, specifically that point. But um, but but as far as on a, in a on a general level, um, it's uh, all mitzvahs can be boiled down, in a very general sense, to just one simple thing. The kavana is to get closer to Hashem. This is. I am currently about to do His will, and by doing His will, right, that's the greatest level of closeness that we can reach. Rabbi, then what's Peshat in Betoch Shaloli Shema, Bali Shema? Wouldn't that seem to be a Sira with us? The, the the if you look in the in the before so just to clarify that everybody understand as as is talking about that if a person is learning Torah lishma then eventually he'll come to learn Torah lishma so the Nevesh Chaim for example explains that what that means are you, you are you familiar with Nevesh Chaim's explanation Ezra? no I just, I've learned it in the Gemara and Rashi I've never uh-huh, gone yeah. deep in it. Okay, so the Nefesh says that what it means is, in fact, he's, he seems to indicate that everyone, this is how every time we learn, this is how it operates, is that uh, one begins learning, trying to understand, uh, I want to I understand, I wanna, I, I'm not yet deeply connected to the, that, you know, the, the Lishma meaning, that the only thing there is in life is the finding of that kernel of truth deep, deep, deep down inside. And after hours of toiling, you've managed to remove your own arrogance and your own, um, you know, goals and, 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 and your aspirations and whatever it is and, and you get to a point where you literally care about nothing but touching the truth of, 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 of the divine will that's called Lishma and he, he seems to indicate that really every time you learn you're going to have to re- recreate that you're going to have to go deeper and deeper into the Torah until you can touch that point of Lishma so Every time we learn, we kind of begin on that uh, level of Shalom but, but But it still is definitely operating with some level. Again, maybe other Mephoshim don't hold as high of a bar for us as the Nefesh But the point is, we, for sure, a person has to be aware that he's learning Torah. A person has to be, um, you know, not doing it to... You know, uh, for for motives that are bad of let's say showing someone else off or or, or hurting somebody with it or you know taking away you know w- 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 anything like that would certain would certainly remove this.
Okay. Um, congratulations. Okay, we, we finished Perik Dalad. Very exciting. Okay, so uh, Perik, hey. So here, uh, the Ramchal is going to set us set up a very big picture, and and it's important. Um, oh, actually, Ezra, you you asked uh, last time about angels. Where do angels fall on uh, on, uh, on on the spectrum? Is it, is it divine? Uh, how, how what's the difference between the divine manifestations and angels? Was it, was that in the Der Hashem or was that in the Gvur Hashem? Gvur Hashem. Gvur Hashem. Okay. Well, it's still you. Okay, very good. Um, so, so here we go. So the Ramchal tells us that all created beings are divided into two categories. The two categories are physical and spiritual. Now, the physical category, then he's going to subdivide into two more categories. The Elyonim, the, uh, the upper ones, the lofty ones. And that is the basically the, the, the stars and the, the plants and the stars. And the Tachtonim, which is the earth, the seas, the air, and everything that exists in them. That encompasses all, all physicality. The, and then the spiritual is divided into two parts on a large scale, the Nishamas and the Nivdalim. Uh, Nishama is... Let's do the other way. First we'll define the Nivdal. Nivdal literally means disembodied, which means a spiritual entity which is not at all connected to physicality. It's disembodied. It does not have a body. Nivdal. Separate from physicality completely. Whereas the other one is the Nishama which, as we all know, is not disembodied. It is embodied. Right? Joseph, is your neshama embodied or disembodied? Hope is embodied, right? It's inside of a body, right? So the unique, the, the unique characteristic of the neshama is that even though it is spiritual, but it works hand-in-hand, hand, it interacts it, uh, with the with a body. And needless to say that Adam, he's going to say later on, that Adam is the only um, creature that has a neshama. Okay. Um, and then now, moving over in, back to the, to the disembodied. So the, in the disembodied powers, there we have uh, two things. We have the Kochas Hanavdalim, the disembodied powers, and we have the Malachim, the angels. Okay? Now, uh, in all of these, there are many, many subcategories and sub-subcategories, and, um, you know, so much so that he says almost uh, they could be viewed unto themselves as, as many different, as, as different species and different, you know, uh, uh, amongst angels, there's there's a, a tremendous variance, and also amongst the disembodied powers. But uh, for us, uh, f- from our perspective, it's all it's all um, uh, grossly can be divided into, into into these categories. And then here is an interesting one, and this is uh, obviously something that people um, find entertaining to discuss: is the shadim. 
demons, um, which is uh, sorry, Shadim translates as demons. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, which are an in-between category, and uh, uh, they exist somewhere between physical and spiritual. Which he says. Mm-hmm. So although they are not perceptible by physical means, so that would seem to make them non-physical. Um, but it's not that they have no physicality. It's just that they are not limited and controlled by the by, by the laws of the physicality. Um, but for example, they they do need to nourish themselves on things, and they need to they do move around in things in this world. They use entrances and exits and windows and all sorts of other really creepy things. Um, but I, I don't want to focus on that so much. I want to focus on just a little bit more of a fundamental question. It seems kind of awkward, meaning there's this really big divide. You've got the physical things, you've got the spiritual things, and then you have this random thing of shade the, the demons. Like, wh- where has some characteristics from this, or has some characteristics from that? What's What's the... What's the concept behind it? Why, why should there be such a thing? So the the Gon, the Gon, uh, in Kolelyau, so he explains that, whenever you have any categories, the way that Hashem built the world is it's always everything, although there's tremendous spectrums, um, and there's, there's this, and there's this, and there's this, but there's always a step-down transformer. There's always an in-between category between everything. Whenever you have categories... You always have one entity that acts that's somehow uh, an in-between, somehow a uh, you know an in-between merger. Um, so you have, for example, between the inanimate objects and and uh, and and plants, meaning between rocks and plants, you have the uh, uh, what's it called the, the coral reefs, right? Coral reefs they look like rocks, but they're really alive. And they eat, right? So they're kind of like plants more, mm-hmm. but they, but they're like rocks, right? They, they don't really move, etc. So, uh, yeah. So, that, so that's that's an uh, in, in between between rocks and plants, right? Then between plants and animals. So the example that people give nowadays would be like people people talk about the, the like a Venus flytrap or something like that, which is a plant that kind of hunts for food. Uh, but uh, Hazal uh, um, talk about a creature which is um, kind of like an animal, but it is rooted into the ground. It has a, like an, um, kind of like an umbilical cord connected to the ground, and it can't leave, it can't go beyond where it's rooted into the ground. What? Potentially could be a Venus flytrap, you No, it sounds much more uh, scary than that. Mishnah in... What is it? Kalim or something talks about it. What? 
Climb. And it's called. Remember the name? Adnei Hasada. Yeah, Adnei Hasada. It's like it's like a, it's like it's like a man-like creature of the field. Adnei Hasada, ma- you know, the master of the field, or whatever. Um, man-like creatures attached to the ground. Yeah, and if you can cut off that attachment to the ground, then it dies. Otherwise, it's a very powerful thing. That's one of the things that Hashem brought to Mitzrayim with the Makkah of uh, Arov, of, of with the wild creatures. It says he brought their ground with them. Look uh, at Rashi over there. So some people think like, oh, it's so scary. You know, not only do you have the polar bear, but you also have the snowstorm that comes with the polar bear. And not only do you have the elephant coming, but you have the boiling sun of Africa coming together with the elephant, but the Gon, the Gon explains that it means because this Adne Asad, Hashem wanted to bring all the attacking creatures to attack Mitzrayim, and the, and, and the, uh, the, the Adne Asad is rooted to the ground, so Hashem brought the ground with them so they could come and attack Mitzrayim. But the point is, it's, it's this in between. And then, between animals and man, is the monkey. Yeah, the kof, the kapir. Monkey kind of looks like a man. He walks on two feet. He can pick up a stick and like you know, swing at a banana. He's uh, again uh, kind of a copycat, right? So, so in, in between, not not a real human, but also already an animal somewhere between a human and animal. So, though, so just I'm just showing you from all these things that. Um, that that's how Hashem built the whole world, right? So then, so then it kind of makes more sense that there should be these shadim, these these in betweens between the physical and the spiritual. Okay, so um, but we will. We'll Can we discuss the next time where, why, what's the functionality of having something in between? Um, we'll see. Not sure if we want to go down that road. Are you, are you saying that we're, we're a step down from Shaden? Is that like... No, it, it, it depends. Are you defining yourself as an animal? No, as a, as a human. Animals are a step down from, from us. Right? I mean, if everything's like a... So, what, remember, uh, you have a neshama, right? Okay. Neshama is strictly spiritual. Important, important point to remember. Okay, wonderful. Cult of everyone.